0: Welcome to Gay Mystery Podcast, featuring interviews with renowned LGBTQ authors and -and up-and-coming talent of mystery, suspense, and thriller novels. I'm your host, Brad Shreve, and Justine Adamick is here with her weekly recommendation. Hello, Justine.
1: Hey, Brad. How are you?
0: I am fabulous. I hope you had a wonderful holiday, and I'm wishing you a happy new year.
1: Happy New Year to you, too. I had a great holiday.
0: Wonderful. Mine was Mm -hmm. very nice. Yeah. uh, It was just the two of us, of course, my husband and I, because we're not supposed to go anywhere. And actually, that was fabulous. It was so relaxed.
1: Yeah. We stopped going anywhere on Christmas years and years ago. We have a relaxed Christmas every year. We have a great time. We play board games, open presents. It's really terrific.
0: Justine just mentioned that I haven't been pimping my audiobook.
1: Yeah. So,
0: so in a very not so subtle way, I'm gonna say a body in a bathhouse is available in audiobook. You can get it through Audible, Amazon, I think what is it, iTunes it's also on, etc. Uh-huh. etc. So if you've been waiting for an audiobook, rush out and get it. Yeah. Before it sells out, even though they never sell out. <laughs>
1: they never sell. They they'll make as many as you need.
0: Yes.
1: And yes. I don't think you need to be subtle at all, Brad. Uh, I, you know,
0: you lecture me all the time that I don't promote my books enough. Well,
1: so. that's right. I mean, who's going to tell people about your books if not for you?
0: Well, I do. I just generally don't do it. I mention it occasionally on here. Every interview, I bring it up.
1: So, what do you have going on the next year, Brad? What are we going to do? look for 2021?
0: Well, the first thing you can expect next year in February should be February, my second audiobook for wow. Body on. A Hill or A Body on the Hill. Again, I can't get my titles right. A body oh, on I the know. My second novel, A Body on the Hill, will be on audiobook. At least that's when the uh narrator will be done. How okay. quickly it takes Audible to release it, that's out of my hands. Yeah. So that's coming up soon. And then after that, I do have my next book coming out. Uh working title is A Body, a Bear and a Blade.
1: Yeah. That and, looks good. Uh,
0: it's i'm having fun writing it but i am way behind so i will announce when it's getting close
1: yeah we're all way behind you know the pandemic we all thought we'd have more time and then all of a sudden where'd all that time go
0: well i gotta say being an author i thought oh this is gonna be great because there's no interruptions Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. and it's been really hard and i've talked to other authors who have said the same thing that they thought the pandemic would help Them to write, but because there's that heavy negative feeling in the air, yes, uh, yes, not not everybody I talked to, but a very large number have said it's been a struggle for them for the same reason. So that's right. Anyway, we don't want to get into the pandemic too much. Nope. So, So my guest today is J. S. Strange. Oh, good. And I was going to open up today, rather than talking about my audiobook I was going to open up today by saying something silly like, "Does it feel strange to you, Justine?" (laughs)
1: well i suppose we could do that but the but the suspense is ruined
0: (laughs) well and i figured the poor guy has probably lived with that his entire life i didn't ask him but so i decided not to go that route but uh he's he's the guest today and he's a great guest so people have that coming up
1: you know, I had a friend whose last name was fine. and Everybody would say, oh, I'm fine. He'd say, no, you're not. I'm fine. So <laughs> now th- this guy, I can see him coming up with life when someone says, oh, that's strange. And he says, no, 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 I'm strange. Yes. You got to turn right. it around.
0: Exactly. You 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 looked on the bright side of it.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: So what you got for us today?
1: I have got Fire on the Island by Timothy J. Smith. And uh, we did an earlier book by him, The Fourth Courier.
0: And he's also coming up as a guest.
1: Well, wonderful, wonderful. I'm looking forward to that interview. He, uh, you know, it's, it's really kind of a blockbuster style thriller. This, this, the last book in this book, and the last book had a uh, a gay man who was a not the main character, but the second lead, I would say, in the book. In this book. The uh, the main character is gay. He is an FBI agent who is has been assigned to an island. It's a small island of Greece. A lot of Turkish refugees are coming in. The United States has got some interest in this island, and they have found that there's a string of fires, and because there's a Coast Guard station there and this Turkish refugee situation is, is always a bit unstable. They want him to go out there and, and investigate this fire. He ends up falling for the waiter in the restaurant next door, and they've got a hot and heavy relationship. But that is, you know, a, a, it's a it's part of the main plot. But it's it's a very uh, the main plot is is one of many, many plots. There are a lot of subplots. There's a a young boy who kind of washed up on the island. By himself, nobody really knows how old he is. He's deaf and he can't talk, and so we follow him for part of the book. There's a woman and her daughter who own the restaurant that he's staying in the rooms above, um, and they've got the typical mother-daughter thing going on. There's a priest who is uh, doing misdeeds at the church. There's all sorts of, you know, inner islands, intrigue, and mo- almost everybody is, an assess- is a suspect, but there are also a lot of explorations of pressures and the relationships of all the various towns. It, it's much like a Ken Follett kind of book, if you've ever read one of those. I'm giving it a glowing review because it is... As as good as anything you're gonna read out there on the shelf. I, I really wish a lot of these books that I review are available in airports so people could just pick them up, read them just as well as much as those other the straight people or or the you know the big the big publishing house people. A lot of the books are just as good as those and this is one of them.
0: Yeah, a lot of people refer to straight books as mainstream publishing, which I really hate that term because my books are mainstream to me.
1: <laughs> right but but um, i was thinking the mainstream publishers is a big publishing house
0: no i know what you, i knew exactly what you meant yeah and i have not read this book but i have seen the reviews and you are not the only one that are saying good things about it
1: no i think it's won a couple of awards already and i'm guessing it's going to be i mean his last book was a finalist for lambda i'm guessing this is going to be a finalist again this year
0: and fire on the island the title is actually literal huh
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. It's an island in these
0: fires. I thought it was going to be something metaphoric.
1: No, no, it's apparently not. Um, and a lot of, a lot of interesting uh, discussion also of the relationship
0: between Greece and Turkey. And what else do you have for us today?
1: Well, you know, 2020 has come to a close. We're looking forward to 2021. Record Tales has new authors coming out. And we also are going to be publishing our first newly published books. We are republishing Dryland's End, which is a science fiction book by Felice Picano. And then we're bringing out books two and three, which have never before been published. We also have a surprisingly new entry for a very popular series. And I'm going to hold that under wraps.
0: You guys and uh, Felice Picano have really developed a nice relationship.
1: Yeah, we've got a lot of his old titles.
0: And something I'm going to do different in the show notes, in addition to having the link to your website and the link to my website, I'm also going to have a link directly to get on your mailing list as well as one to get on my mailing list.
1: People need to to sign up and we'll let them know everything exciting that's going on.
0: We're really pimping our books this time.
1: That's right. It's the end of 2020. Let's go out with a bang.
0: So we got Fire on the Island by Timothy J. Smith.
1: And now you're going to interview uh, J.S. Strange. Absolutely. He's the He writes the Welsh Mysteries, right?
0: Yes. and They are Welsh Mysteries. And I want to point out again, J.S., uh, I tried to contact him last year. I made a special effort this year because he was specifically requested by a listener to be on the show. Oh, good. And there's another person coming up that was specifically requested by a listener. So either send something on the contact page. Let us know if you'd like somebody on or do a voicemail, even if you don't want to recommend a book, leave a voicemail and just tell us how we're doing. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Yeah. There's one author we're looking for and we can't quite track him down. So
0: I am not going to reveal the name, but I have tracked him down and sent him a message.
1: Oh, wonderful. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. well, We'll wait to
0: see if we hear back.
1: Oh, great. All right. See you next year, Brad.
0: Okay. Happy new year, everyone. Happy new year. We're sponsored by Requeered Tales, preserving our LGBTQ literary heritage one book at a time. Check them out at requeeredtales.com. Hey, Jack. Hey. You know, every week, for whatever reason, I screw up the intro. (laughs) okay (laughs) i I think it's because i really suck at reading out loud right (laughs) let's see if i can do it today
2: okay i believe in you i think you can
0: okay thank you (laughs) faith in me may help (laughs) j.s strange is an author from wales united kingdom he writes crime mystery and horror His first novels, published in 2016 and 2017, were set in apocalyptic London. He has two novels in his cozy Jordan Jenner mystery series. One of the many reasons he started the Jordan Jenner series was a lack of representation within the crime genre, particularly with detectives and sleuths. When Strange doesn't write, he works on television. He has an enthusiasm for Britney Spears and Cats. So now I will officially welcome you to the show.
2: Lovely. Okay. Well, thank thanks for welcoming me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for being on.
2: Yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be here. You know, I, I've um, I've followed your podcast for a little while. So um, when when I got the message from you, it was kind of like a great uh, nice moment sort of thing. I woke up to it, and I I was happy. <laughs> oh, good.
0: Yeah. If if you uh, listen to this show, you should pretty much know the format. Mm-hmm. Of course, I, I don't uh, ask everybody the same questions, but you never know what's coming, but it's just conversational. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to start out at the, the top. Despite the show being about mysteries, mm-hmm. you got your start writing two novels that take place in a zombie apocalypse. Yes. I am a big fan of zombies. Mm-hmm. So, so I hope the listeners will indulge me a bit if we start our conversation with them. Okay. What is your favorite zombie movie?
2: My favorite zombie movie? Good question. I really liked World War Z. I know that might not be like the best zombie movie ever, but I kind of watched that and took a lot of inspiration from that. And of course, you know, 28 Days Later and Weeks Later, you know, I really liked that um, apocalyptic um, vibe that they were going with. And also um, Shaun of the Dead. Like that, I found that like great with the zombies but also um the comedy element as well
0: when it comes to Shaun of the dead it had a lot of humor and sometimes even a little silly at the mm. same time they stayed true to the zombie roles which yes was really cool i glad you said 28 days later because it tends to be controversial and you may know where i'm going with this a lot of discussion whether it's a zombie move or not because it's not people rising from the dead Mm -hmm. instead they're still alive but are infected Mm -hmm. with something that makes them violent creatures what's your opinion on that
2: that was why i really liked it because i think pardon the pun but zombie movies have been done to death, you know, where they rise from the dead sort of thing. And that is the traditional zombie. And there's nothing wrong with that at all, because that's why I love zombies. You know, the idea is something coming back when you think it's gone and will never, you know, you're done with it sort of thing. Um, And then they come back and they're not the same people that you thought they were. That's just a great concept in itself. But what I liked about um, 28 Days, 28 Weeks was the fact that they kind of Went at it with a new slant in some ways, and um, I really liked that because it kind of made me think more about how I could bring my own slant. So my um, my first novels they were called um, Winter Smith, London's Burning, and Winter Smith: The Secrets of France. And I went at that with these sort of zombies that were very much people who had been bitten um and then they would turn so they they didn't rise from the dead they just kind of turned but what I was doing with the series was um basically my main characters Winter Smith and her friends they found themselves discovering where this virus had actually come from um, they were kind of working out that it wasn't just a case of you know the traditional zombies rising back from the dead there was a bit of a government conspiracy going on and I mean, it's funny because I wrote those books in 2016, 2017. I never actually finished the series, and I, I am meaning to finish the series. But it's funny to be talking about government conspiracies and viruses when we're living in a world where that is so rife at the moment, where people are discussing the legitimacy of coronavirus and whatnot. And um, yeah, it was it kind of, kind of a bit like I was writing about how a world was just functioning with this virus going around and how people were discovering that the people that they thought they could trust are actually very, very evil people. So, yeah. So that's why I like 28 days and weeks because I wanted to bring something new as well to the zombie genre.
0: Well, it sounds like you had foresight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, the funny thing is in the first one, I'm writing about how like um, businesses are being told to shut and all of that sort of stuff. And like, there's people there who are like, I'm not shutting this is, you know, this is I didn't say the term fake news but this is fake news sort of thing and so there are bits in like the first book that I wrote where I am a bit like okay well I kind of got people's reactions right when something this big is kind of happening you know because every film I kind of saw was people just immediately believed that you know everything was real but in my head I was thinking well imagine if you were in the world and they were telling us people were being turned into zombies you were just kind of Laugh or you'd ignore it. And it was very much like those early days of the pandemic where, you know, I I remember being in work and seeing what was happening in China. And here I was in Wales and I was like, oh, it'll be fine. Like my friend was about to book a flight to Thailand and I was like, oh, they've got like two cases in Thailand. You'll be fine. You know, it's not even over here yet. And then within a week, it was like, oh, um, we're about to go into lockdown. So, you know, it's just, I kind of thought, well, things change quickly and people don't really comprehend what's going on until it's right on their doorstep sort of thing, you know.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, one of the great things about 28 days later in, in 28 weeks is the zombies are fast. They run. Yes. Like, yeah. That really makes them scary as hell.
2: Yes. So, yes. So, yeah. So I brought I brought running running zombies into mine because I just loved that. I absolutely loved the idea that, you know, they might have turned and you kind of see them as these dead things because they were very much like my my zombies were very much bitten they turned and it was almost like they had risen from the dead because i wrote them being like that straight away people's skin would kind of you know kind of peel off in some way and shrink in on itself and blood vessels would come out and it would look like people were dead but they still very much had those moving muscle abilities where they could just run <laughs> if, some, if you saw something come in you you had to run basically
0: yeah And I don't know if you know, World War Z, they were supposed to do a sequel to that. And I don't know what happened to it. I hope it was scrapped because I think it is a good standalone. But
2: yeah, yeah. Some films just need to be kind of left alone, don't they?
0: Yeah, definitely. And and one thing you you brought up about the uh, government conspiracy and the uh, viruses and that sort of thing. I don't know if you're a fan of The Walking Dead. I'm still a fan, even though it's really gone downhill. Mm. They have never explained in ten years how it happened. They have no clue. Yeah, and I kind of, no. I kind of like that. I don't know if they'll ever be able to well explain what
2: happened. Yeah, but see that that was my issue with the Walking Dead because I I loved the Walking Dead when it first came out and it kind of came out at the time where I was writing my zombie novels and I was kind of using it as inspiration, you know, and I really like. The human dynamic to The Walking Dead, you know, where people are surviving and they're meeting people, and suddenly, you know, it wasn't just the zombies that people had to fear; they had to fear the people who were surviving as well. And I, I really liked that, and I kind of took that a little bit and used that in my my own storytelling. So I did like The Walking Dead, but then there were a few things that I didn't like about it as it went on. And one of my biggest issues was the fact that there was no sort of explanation or hint at where this had come from where it had happened i get i get what you're saying where you say that you kind of like that idea but equally it was there wasn't even like a mention of like rumors of how it could have started and i just thought well surely people would be as a human you question things and there was kind of no questioning it was kind of just acceptance with the walking dead
0: yeah and um oh i forgot what i was gonna say about the walking dead (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i know one thing i'm going to say i oh actually i tell people all the time walking dead is not about the zombies Mm -hmm. at all they just happen to be in the way it is Mm -hmm. about people dealing with other people and battling each other uh and if if you have the opportunity to watch the newest spinoff the walking dead world beyond don't take advantage of it run fast It sucks. Uh, Really? Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So before I continue to bore people, we should get to mysteries, uh, which we know is the theme of the show. So people are like, what the hell I didn't talk about or listen about zombies. So (laughs) (laughs) let's get into mysteries. Now, after writing the two zombie novels, you switched Mm -hmm. over to the mystery genre and genre in not that's just that you call them cozy mysteries Uh, yes why the change
2: why the change well because i will very briefly go back to the zombies sorry people who are here for the mystery um but very briefly go back to the zombies where i i had planned to write three in the wintersmith um zombie trilogy so i published two and then all of a sudden i just had complete writer's block i couldn't I just kept redrafting the third book. All the ideas I had in my head just kind of went. And then I think my writing style changed and the way I planned stuff changed. And all of a sudden, I just couldn't write this third book. So I stopped. And this is what I mean where I said, I do want to finish the series. In fact, my publisher has um, picked up the Wintersmith series again. So I think there'll be a new lease of life brought into them eventually. But because I was kind of at a loss at what to write with these these books that consume me, I kind of thought to myself, "Well, what am I supposed to write now?" And I'd always loved crime, and I'd always loved mystery, um, and I'd always loved horror, obviously. And I like that dark storytelling aspect. And so I used to say to myself, "Oh, I would love to write a mystery novel, but I can't do it. I'm not clever enough." Sort of thing, you know, because the idea of writing a who done it and trying to lead people down the wrong paths and then shock people with the revelations I was just in awe of anyone who could do that I mm-hmm. I would read a book and be like I how like I'd never saw that come in I could never write that like I just don't get how they've done that and then I don't know something kind of clicked where I was very much digesting so many mystery novels and crime novels And I was thinking to myself, well, every crime novel I read and every mystery novel I've read has got a straight male lead or has got a straight female lead. Uh, Where are the gay people? I was just Mm -hmm. like, maybe this is my maybe this is my sort of calling, if you will. Maybe I should just give it a go. You know, at least I have wrote it, even if it doesn't get anywhere. So I thought, right, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to write this crime mystery novel with a gay male lead and i'm gonna see what i can do with it and i'm so glad i did because it brought writing back to me if that makes sense because mm-hmm.
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah because it it had just kind of gone after my last books and uh yeah having this sort of new character jordan jenner in my head was just yeah it completely brought everything back to me which i really liked but why cozies yeah so cozies um so I would definitely say that the first book in the Jordan Janus series is kind of more cosy. And we found that out kind of by accident. So I'm with a I'm with a publisher called Panther Publishing and they're a small independent publisher in Wales. And so it, it meant a lot to me to kind of be with a publisher that was Welsh and I was publishing the book based in Wales because um, that was another thing that I found with British crime novels. It was very much London centric or kind of, places like Devon or the Cotswolds or whatnot and of course there are Welsh crime novels out there but there weren't many at least not in my reading experience. So I went with Panther and we published the first book and it went out there and people read it and people enjoyed it but many of the reviewers um, came back with saying this is a great cozy mystery and you know we really like this cozy mystery uh, feel to it and that sort of stuff. And so it was kind of like, okay, my me and my publisher had a chat because we kind of put it out there as this sort of hard-hitting crime uh, mystery novel, you know. But with so many reviewers coming back and saying, this, this is so cosy, and not in a bad way, just saying it was cosy, we marketed it as cosy. Um, mm-hmm. And I can see why, because the first book in particular is very much, it's in Cardiff, so it's in the city, but it's not centred around Random strangers, everyone kind of knows each other. It's like a little community within Cardiff. Basically, the premise of the story is that it's a writing group and somebody got murdered in the writing group. So, my detective, Jordan Jenner, is simply interviewing and working his way through that writing group. So, I can see why that would be cozy. It was set at Christmas as well, you know. So, of course, kind of like when all the lights are on and it feels warm anyway, even though it's freezing cold outside. I can't really see why that happened. Whereas I was more conscious of that when writing the second novel and I kind of broadened it a little bit more. And that one does feel a little less cozy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably why.
0: I was looking at your Amazon author's page, uh, mm. which you need to update
2: by the way. <laughs> I know, I know when you said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but
0: on there, you said you wanted to shed the light on Cardiff and Wales in the mystery mm-hmm. genre. What is it about that area that you feel you want the readers to know?
2: Well, I live in Wales and I work in Cardiff, so I live quite close to Cardiff. And Cardiff is a city, but it's a a very small city. You know, when you compare it to London, it just pales in comparison. And naturally, so many novels are kind of set in these big cities. So obviously, you've got so many detective novels going on in London, and then you've got Edinburgh in Scotland with the Rebus novels. And then, like I was saying before, there's other sort of mystery and crime novels that are kind of set in Devon or Cornwall or other parts of England. Wales tends to be forgotten in some ways. Wales, you don't really see many novels or representation from Wales, which is a bit of a shame because it's such a great country and there's so much you can kind of do with Wales because I very much believe that the location is a character as well. It's a character in in itself. And so I started with Wales as my character, if that makes sense. I knew I wanted it to be in Wales and I knew I wanted it to be a Welsh gay man as the lead and being a Welsh gay man myself. I kind of thought, well, this is kind of where I want to take this and this is what I want with it. And so I chose Cardiff because it was a city and there was more I could kind of do with the city. And I kind of saw it as a possibility, you know, Wales Is a small country, but there's a lot to Wales, and it doesn't mean that every every book has to be set in Cardiff. As I write the series, I can kind of move around a little bit. Cases. My Jordan Jenner is a private investigator, so he could be hired in somewhere like the Brecon Beacons or something. You know, so that's why I chose Wales, just because there just seemed to be very there didn't seem to be many crime novels based in Wales. But of course, there are. They are there. But just me personally, when I was reading, I was always reading something England or Scotland based.
0: And I do want to say regarding uh, you have you didn't see that many uh, gay mysteries. Mm-hmm. I didn't either, and that's actually why I started this podcast to because there's more of us than people realize. And
2: oh, there are, yeah.
0: I, so I'm. I just said I need to start this podcast to jump up and down and say we're here, we're here. So
2: yes. Yeah, I, ex- that, I experienced the same. Yeah, well, that that's why I followed your podcast and really liked your podcast because that was exactly it. You know, I knew that they were out there, but it was hard to find. You know, everything was kind of just very default and straight. And so when I saw your podcast, I was like, oh, thank God there's actually somebody out there shining a light on this because there are so many queer writers out there and so many queer mysteries. Even, you know, e- even if, there's a queer writer writing a straight character, at least it's being written by, a, you know, somebody in the LGBTQ community, which is so important.
0: Yeah, I actually belong to a group of queer writers that write both straight and gay novels. They're mm. they're welcome as long as they identify with queer.
2: Yeah, well, let me, Um, I'll tell you a quick story. When I was um submitting the Jordan Janet Mysteries to a bunch of publishers, I, it was the first book I wrote where I had interest. You know, I had quite a few different publishers coming back and saying, "Can we have the rest of the manuscript?" But um, until Panther, I didn't make it that far. You know, I didn't make it further enough to sign any contracts or anything like that. But one publisher, and I'm not going to name them, but they're a very—they're not one of the big five publishers, but they've become kind of one of the leading crime genres uh, publishers. Um, they asked for the full manuscript of the Jordan Jenner mystery so i sent it off to them and then the email i got back uh, they said to me they said thanks for sending this over but we have just signed an author who has wrote a gay male lead please could you consider changing the character to a straight man or a straight woman and i kind of thought to myself i was like wait so you've got a whole backlog of straight male detectives but because you've signed one person with one gay lead you can't take mine on because it's too similar i was like this is everything that's wrong with publishing that is so bad and so i said no i was like i don't think this is right this is not who i want to sign with and i just walked away
0: (laughs) well thank you for sticking to your guns and and that is something i've heard quite a few times on this show where queer writers were rejected because the publisher basically said we've already checked off that box
2: yeah, so exactly.
0: We filled our little quota, maybe one or two books and, and time to move on. And it it's really sad.
2: Yeah, that was literally what it was. You know, they had they have published so many books and, you know, there were so many male leads who were obviously straight and so many female leads who were straight. And they probably did publish um, female leads that were lesbian as well. But it was very much like, oh, we've just signed somebody. And it wasn't even based in Wales. It was based somewhere else, you know, but because they had a gay lead, they couldn't have mine. And it was like, well, that is simply just box ticking. And that is so wrong. So wrong.
0: Yeah, I agree 100 percent. And for our listeners, in case I didn't make it clear, the author's name is J.S. Strange, uh, but I am. Talking to him by his first name, which is actually Jack, so don't yeah. don't want anybody to get concerned here or get <laughs>
2: confused, uh, yeah, be- yeah, because there is actually somebody writing under my name, Jack Strange, so um that isn't me. <laughs>
0: I noticed that, so <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah. looking for his books, it's j. s. Strange, so yes, thanks, uh, Jordan Jenner is the protagonist in your your two mystery novels, Murder on the Rocks and The Art of Murder. Who is Jordan Jenner? Uh, what makes him tick?
2: What makes him tick is he's, well, he's a very complex guy where he kind of cuts himself off from people. So he's this kind of broken guy in some ways because he had a quite a poor relationship with his mother and uh, his dad was very much there for him. But because of Jordan's own issues, he kind of pushed his dad away and he very much pushed everyone away he pushed away partners he pushed away friends and he pushed away his brother um and so when people are trying to get to know him and kind of you know be let in they find it difficult because Jordan is very much this kind of secluded man um he's in his late 20s he's living in Cardiff he lives alone with his cat he lives with his cat <laughs> um and he uh, he is very much this kind of guy who prefers his own company Um, and he's analytical he sits there and he thinks and he observes people and not just in a case of trying to solve a mystery solve a murder but in the case that he's working people out before he lets them in and so i wanted to write him as being this guy that people kind of think that he's not a nice guy but as soon as you kind of scratch the surface you kind of realize he's quite a lonely man and he, he kind of he does want to have fun you know there's there's a character called lloyd in the books and lloyd is very much his guy that won't give up on him and lloyd brings out the fun side in him so he likes to be social he likes to go to the bars and he likes pop music and that sort of stuff but he kind of goes only so far and then he kind of stops himself he won't he won't let himself go too too far if that makes sense
0: that makes total sense. And I, I've got to ask you, since you brought it up, you said a lot of people think he's a ni- not a nice guy. Mm. Have you gotten any feedback from readers that didn't really like him because and, and couldn't connect with him because they didn't think he was a nice guy?
2: Oh yeah, 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 definitely. There was there was a couple of reviewers who said he he was just a dick. Basically, they just didn't like him. You know, they they weren't they weren't a fan of him at all. And then. You know thankfully they kind of stuck with the second book. And as a from a writer's perspective, you're in two minds. You're like, okay, I've done my job. They don't like this guy. They they've got issues with this guy, or they kind of feel sorry for this guy. Some people it was very marmite with him. Some people were like, Oh, I really feel sorry for him. I wish he would open up. And others were like, Nope, what a horrible guy. Like, why would anybody want to be friends with him? Sort of thing. And so I was in two minds. I was like, right, I've done my job. They've understood him, you know, even though he's hard to understand, they've understood him. But then from a writer's perspective, I was like, okay, but I've got to bring these people back. And if they aren't invested in my lead character, they're not going to come back. So thankfully, most of them did come back to the second book. And I showed his more vulnerable side by kind of making him this guy that has been through kind of a bit of trauma and has also, you know, he was bullied when he was younger in all of that sort of stuff because obviously he was a guy struggling with his sexuality as he grew up and so people kind of warmed him a bit more in the second book because I kind of showed that side to him he's not he's not a horrible guy he's just a very uh tactical guy um and he has to kind of warm up to people first um so it's kind of finding that balance where people can understand him to be that guy but not hate him (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. And and I asked you that question for a couple of reasons. A couple of weeks ago, I had uh, Graham Cheater on, and we talked about people's perception and how they're different. Mm. Uh, You know, one person will like one thing in a novel and another person will hate that part of the novel. Mm. And to use my own personal example, my protagonist, I get, I'm really happy with my reviews Mm. and I get emails and comments and that sort of thing where people just love him. At the same time, I get people that complain in the reviews that think he's an asshole. And why would anybody be interested in reading about this guy who's a jerk? Mm. So, you know, it's it's really interesting. It's it's hard to please everybody. Yes.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, you know, people aren't going to there's so many main characters out there that people don't like. You know, I, I tend to find that. People tend to be harsher to those smaller writers, you know they kind of don't give you a chance if one thing is wrong. It's almost as if they're kind of looking to uh, find something wrong with what you've put out there um whereas when there's bigger books, they kind of look over and they look past those things. but there are so many popular characters out there that you don't really resonate with or don't like, but you you still go back to it just because of the story and of other characters involved so know it is subjective you know you're not always going to like the main character i most of the time i don't like the main character but there's enough in there for me to like
0: yeah and i think there's a tradition of not so likable detective i mean looking way back to sam spade Mm. he was not that all that nice of a guy Mm. and yet those are like the maltese falcon and that sort of thing so why is that so popular And, and i think We've reached a stage where people want to have a character they really like and a happy ever after.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of not how life works. And I don't think that's how storytelling should work. You know, there's got to be conflict. I think rule number one, you, you're you told there's always conflict. You know, you, you have your happy thing, you have where it goes wrong, and then you have the resolution. So kind of painting things as being everyone's nice and ev- everyone's likable. Well, no, they're not, <laughs> you know, there's, you know, that's not, that's not humanity. You know, there's lots of things wrong with people.
0: This is probably way before your time, but have you ever seen the Paul Newman movie, the verdict?
2: I haven't. No, no.
0: Okay. To give a spoiler, spoiler alert. If you plan to watch the movie, mm. uh, the movie opens, he is a down and out ambulance chaser lawyer mm. who drinks too much and, worked in a dusty office, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. He comes across a case involving a malpractice suit. And the movie ends where he doesn't handle the case very well. But in the end, the movie ends where not only do they win in court, the jury gives more money than the family family was asking for. Mm. So there's this happy ending because, you know, he's going to get a huge cut of this money. But other than that, he's still an alcoholic. He's still a down and out guy, mm. and and I like that, like you do. I I don't want to know what's going to happen.
2: No, no, yeah. People are complex. You know, that's that's the thing with it. Not everyone, not everything does end happily.
0: Exactly. You you kind of touched on this, but can you give us more of an overview of the series? A, a theme of the series?
2: Yeah. Um... So, the theme of the series ultimately is obviously murder. there's always going there's always going to be a murder. Every story revolves around a murder, and it's just the way that Jordan investigates and tries to resolve that murder that is different. you know, um but, like I was saying before, just because he lives in Cardiff doesn't mean that every single book that will come out in the series will be based in Cardiff you know, he, he could get cases somewhere else in Wales. And so that's also a different theme to it location-wise. You know, you're still kind of keeping that Welsh element in it, but you're kind of exploring different parts of Wales. And um, there is a bit of a love story going on as well. You know, I, I was saying that Jordan is complex. He doesn't let people in. But his friend Lloyd, who is always at his side, Lloyd very much wants to be with Jordan. Lloyd is very much attracted to Jordan. And Jordan is very much attracted to Lloyd, but won't let Lloyd in. And then there's other characters in there that kind of see something in Jordan and want to kind of light something up with Jordan and kind of get closer to him. And that doesn't always work. It's very much a mystery novel where he's solving things, but real life comes into it as well, where he is a 28 year old man who's kind of out there and he's single and he's not a bad looking man and people he meets are interested in him. Either friendship wise or relationship wise, and so I bring that into it as well because he, even though he kind of does keep himself self-absorbed in his own work, he does need a lot of what other people need as well.
0: Moving forward, uh, you you mentioned that you're going to do another zombie movie, and I forget I or um, another zombie novel, mm. and forgive me, I don't remember the name of the series. But your most recent Jordan Jenner novel was published in October 2019. Yes. Can we expect to see more of Jordan Jenner?
2: Oh, definitely. Yeah, there's definitely going to be more um, Jordan Jenners. Um, I'm writing one now that was supposed to be out at this Christmas time, but there were a couple of delays, so it will be out next Christmas time. But I am hoping to bring out a book kind of before that. Basically, Jordan Jenner will go as long as I've got ideas and I've got a lot of ideas at the moment. So, yeah, I just hope that uh, I can kind of bring more out and I will bring more out. It just with the way the world is this year and my job and that sort of stuff, you find less time to write. Um, But that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. You know, 2021, there will be another Jordan Jenner book out there um, for sure. Definitely. Uh,
0: How do I know I'm reading a J.S. Strange
2: novel? oh god i don't know you know when people kind of say they have that style like writers have style and all of that sort of stuff i mean i I don't i don't know what my style is um maybe i'm still kind of finding finding my voice a little bit there are reviewers who kind of say like oh i really like his writing style and others who say they don't so maybe i've got a writing style that's kind of divisive and in that case i need to work on that but maybe maybe that's just the way people kind of perceive things how I kind of try to make it my own is I try to bring in humor even in like the darker side of things I try to find some sort of like pop culture references that I can bring in to kind of make the story a bit more relatable and make the readers laugh and you know have a little chuckle or a smirk whilst they're reading through something quite grisly and grim So you might find that there's kind of reference to people like Britney and, you know, pop music and Friends, the TV show or anything like that. You know, I I tried to bring in kind of this sort of fun pop culture, normal life into it.
0: Well, it's almost like you went to the people that say, I really like your style. You you wish you could call them up and say, what is that? Yeah,
2: no, definitely, definitely. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I, I tend to find as well that I kind of, In every book I write, there seems to be some sort of celebrity, even if the characters don't want to be famous. So in my zombie novels, Winter Smith was a socialite who was very much in all the magazines before it all went wrong. Um, And people knew who she was. And then Jordan Jenner becomes kind of a semi-famous celebrity in Cardiff because of the cases he solved. And the people who are dying tend to be very influential or famous or rich people or arty people just because I find them quite interesting, those types of people interesting. So maybe that's part of my style as well, where I kind of bring in this sort of like public eye personas into things um, because I've always found that interesting.
0: On a scale of one to 10, how weird are you and why?
2: (laughs) I would definitely say I was like, if I'm not a 10, I would say like a nine. (laughs) I feel like I'm a 10. But um, yeah, because I've always been weird. <laughs> like, I throw back to like my secondary school and probably before that, where I was just very much like against the grain and against the norm. And maybe that's kind of like my Aquarian nature and that sort of stuff. But I was very much like doing my own thing, not trying to fit in. And things that I was just interested in or wanted to do I would just do them. I wouldn't think of the consequences. And then that kind of led to people making fun of me. And when you were a kid, you hate that, but as you get older, you kind of embrace that. And Mm -hmm. in some ways people kind of see you as interesting because of that, which is fine with me. I I just, you know, I, I I love all things like paranormal and magic and kooky. And I'm just, yeah, I'm quite, I mean, with my friends, we've got such like immature humor and that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, I, I, I do feel weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sounds to me like you lean more towards a nine than a ten, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to remind everybody, my author today is J.S. Strange, and you write the Jordan Jenner Mystery Series. Mm-hmm. And what I'll do is I'll post a link in the show notes to your, probably the easiest way would be your Amazon author page. Okay, yeah. And and you've given me a list of your social media accounts, I'll those as well.
2: Okay, real. That would
0: be great. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. I've had a good time.
2: Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Hit the subscribe button wherever you hear our show so you don't miss a single episode. Tell a friend, too. Thank you for listening.